The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. For a second there, I thought you were drinking that fucking, uh... Yeah, you know, I can't clean the microphones with it, so I'm going to clean my fucking gullet with it. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. Jackie is drinking microphone sanitizer. I'm not drinking microphone sanitizer. (laughs) It it looks like the most disgusting liquid in the world. It has a weird fish on it, and it looks like he's saying the word apple. It's called Gooby Labs. (laughs) Gooby Labs microphone sanitizer. Ugh, and what is he saying? He's saying something. He's just saying... Apple! 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 <laughs> Ugh. Why is there a fish on this? I don't want my microphone smelling like fish either. No, I don't know. I guess it's a fish that smells like apples. Ooh, and he's got a little fedora on, too. And he's got a fucking hat on. <laughs> <laughs> want to make a fish cuter? Put a hat on. <laughs> Everyone loves fish with hats on them. <laughs> How does it stay on? I don't know. It's water. <laughs> well, how you doing today, Jackie? I'm doing pretty great, man. I did want to, I wanted to give a hard shout out. To one Mr. Lupe. Yes! Uh, a lot of people online know him well. He He's all over all the boards. He's a good friend of ours, and today is his birthday, and I wanted to say thank you for everything that you fucking do, and you're fucking amazing. Lupe! Lupe! <laughs> I think that we can learn a lot from Lupe. Yes, he, we can. He's one of the most positive people I've ever met uh, online and in person, and he really he he brightens my day every time I see him. Me too, man. He's a wonderful man. Happy birthday, Luke. Happy fucking birthday. I was telling Marcus, it's like he doesn't drink, so I don't know how to celebrate, <laughs> <laughs> which is sad for me. I'm like, oh no, I'll buy him a bottle of. Mm. what do i buy Mm. and then i was like outside of mcdonald's like mcdonald's gift certificate i don't think he goes to mcdonald's he might he might i think a lot of people avoid it in the city yeah i think so when i'm back home i'll go to a fucking mcdonald's i mean i go to mcdonald's when i'm here every once in a while i get the itch it's just a little it's it's not that i have anything honestly i know it's gross and everything but like i still like the taste of it it's just too expensive here yeah man it is it's like a fucking number two the big or the number two, the quarter pound with cheese. It's like the, the number two is like seven fifty. Yeah, and it's like in Florida, it's like what is it four fifty? Yeah, like, that's what I want to pay for this meal. Yeah, I don't want like seven. Like it's weird. McDonald's is like treating yourself. Yeah, a little bit. At least for lunch. Don't even think about it, Big Mac. Lord knows I can't afford it. <laughs> Although they're two for five right now, so that is why I thought about it. I didn't do it though. All these Big Mac millionaires mm-hmm. out there. Then they're getting rid of the Big Mac. They are? There's too many calories in it. Aww. I know there's too many calories in it. <laughs> I fucking eat it anyway, which is a great lead into what we're trying to talk about today. Yes. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been talking with my mom closely about this lately, which is, it is good for our family to openly talk about this. We haven't gone through a, a, a patch of this in a while, mm. that my mom needs to lose weight. She's having, she has to get a hip replacement, possibly, so they are trying for her to lose a bunch of weight. So we're trying to openly talk about our food addiction, which is, it is an addiction. Yes. And it is something that I feel like it goes by the wayside a lot when people see bigger people and they're like, oh, just don't eat. It is completely different for every single person, how they view food and what they think about it and what they use it for, because in general, I mean, you're supposed to just eat it to survive. Yeah. But most people, especially in the United States, don't do that. It's delicious. It's like put more butter on it because it tastes better that way. And so right now I'm trying to change my perspective 
on how I view food. Okay. How do you view food right now? Well, I love it. I love to talk about it. I love... I lo- food in my family is love and I like to think about all day what I'm going to make for dinner for Doug because I know what it's going to make him happy mm-hmm. you know and I like to bring him snacks because I know what makes him happy and things like that and it's like I don't have to do that that's not what food has to be and it can be that every once in a while but when you're eating breakfast you shouldn't be thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch True. and that's what I do because I'm excited about what the next thing I'm going to make is and you're, uh, and I will say, you are a fantastic cook. You you make you. the best. You make the best spaghetti sauce I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Don't tell that to Mike Racine. <laughs> but thank you very much. Well, I've I never had Mike Racine sauce, but yes, it is the best sauce I've ever had. Thank you so much. I've eaten it with a spoon. I mean, I think we all have at one point <laughs> or another. And it's, a, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting change. And I was wanting to kind of hit everybody up out there. I, I want like anyone that's gone through this that has really tried to focus on not losing weight but changing how they feel about food and if anything has helped them out in really in in changing their lifestyle. Um, I feel that of all like diet things out there, Weight Watchers is the best because it's not about saying you can't have this, you can't do this. It is about changing how you look at it and how you view how much you're supposed to eat. Absolutely. And it's hard as fuck and it sucks and it takes all of the fun out of it. It makes me not want to like eat anything so I go the opposite way where I'm like well if it's not fun anymore well I'm not gonna fucking eat anything and I've been drinking myself dinner yeah, uh, over which the is past few nights worse. much worse yes. it's much worse but that's why I wanted to talk about it on here because you know it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing when it comes to food but it's really hard to stop and it's about making less it's about you know using smaller plates but I just wanted to see if anyone else out there is battling with this and and has any advice for how to change how they view food. Now, how was food in your house being raised? Now, you had a bunch of boys, though, so yeah. I feel like that is a whole different outlook. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. And, and food was, it wasn't necessarily like a huge thing or anything like that. It was, all right, we got to eat. Uh, and as far as like how, and, and it was almost like, it wasn't necessarily treated like a an inconvenience, but it almost was. Like that's how I view food. I view food as an inconvenience. Like it's an inconvenient. Um, it's it's just something that I got to do to survive. If I didn't have to eat, I wouldn't, because I just forget. Right. And my dad's the exact same way. Where we just forget to eat, we'll become so focused on what we're doing uh, that we'll just completely forget to eat, and we won't even think about it. Uh, and f- so, food in my household's like, yeah, we'd get together uh, every night for dinner, but it wouldn't be like the whole like food is love thing. It was like, no, food is sustenance. Like that. That's and that's pretty, what it should be. That's how it was treated. But it, what, that's not a. It wasn't like a conscious choice or right. anything like that. That's just how it was. That's just how it went. But now when I go home, it's weird. Like my mom has definitely gone towards that. I'm going to cook a million things, way too much food uh, that anyone can eat uh, and then just leave it all around the house. So when I go home now, I do eat a lot more. But growing up, uh, never was. Uh, we never were a big eating family. 
And I just think it's interesting that it, it varies from household to household. That is something that uh, Doug and I have actually fought about in the years that we've been together is because that's how his family was as well. That they usually didn't eat dinner together either. Like there was just like you grab something, go. There was always food in the house. But yeah. like it was never like like us where we sat down and we ate dinner every single night. My mom made us breakfast before we went to school. She made our lunches for when we went to school. And then we had dinner at night. It was the same with us as well. Which yeah. it, it just and, and like. So you can do that. It's not like like it, like your family or Doug's family isn't like providing for the family. Yeah. It's just how you view it. And it wasn't set. And we weren't really eating healthy food either. Right? It was just food, right. good old American food. Hell yeah, yeah. And that and so, but now as adults, like when you're trying to get whether it's about weight loss or not, or just staying healthy, it's like it's about what you eat. Mm-hmm. You can't just eat to survive anymore. Like you can't just like as you get older, you can't just like oh well, I'm just going to eat some French fries and I'm full and I can keep going mm-hmm. because you can't do that anymore because we're getting older. Yeah. And you see how, so you have to start thinking about that and thinking about blood pressure and thinking about all that shit. Whether you have an issue with it or not, it's something you have to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's scary. And it's also scary and it takes all of the fun out of it for me. And, and I think it's really interesting that my mom is seeing a therapist now, which is really helpful, that she is dealing with her food addiction. And I think that viewing it as an addiction also changes how you go about your day to day. Uh, that it's not, you know, I have a bunch of addictions, but I would say that food is probably my my worst addiction. Well, we both got very addictive personalities. Yes. Extremely so. I, I um, do things and I do it with gusto. <laughs> but it's the same with our drive for our careers. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's We're in extreme all of it. people. Yes. Yeah. Extreme! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I barking every morning when I wake up. <laughs> I don't know. And that's, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people think about or this is uh, one of the things that people think about a lot in addiction is like do you overcome addiction itself or do you transfer that addiction somewhere else right because for me like right now i'm you know kicking an addiction i'm not kicking my addiction to nicotine but i'm kicking my addiction to cigarettes right uh but i still so i still have the addiction i've been i've puffed on my fucking vapor probably four times since we've started here but even then i still feel like i need another addiction and that addiction is going to be an addiction that i had all growing up that i had to get rid of when i moved here to new york city um because i couldn't afford it anymore comic books that's that is my reward for myself uh because me and my girlfriend went to forbidden planet last week uh, like on friday we just had a great day going out we looked at comic books and records all day and then we went and saw inherent vice it was fantastic hell yeah that's a fucking day off right there (laughs) uh it was fucking great uh but we were there at the store and i was just looking around i was like i want everything in here i could spend a thousand dollars in here right now with everything that i want and that was a really good motivation for me uh so now like when i think about like me you know should i have another cigarette right now i think like you know what i could get the new fables trade instead like i can say th- i think about what i can do instead um that's you know not 
unhealthy because I think right like what you were saying is that you know you have been drinking your dinner the last couple nights like that's an unhealthy reward exactly and also it, it is scary because that like as addictive personalities like at least you are choosing comic books which is I mean financially not a good addiction however it is a much more positive addiction than say like whenever I try to quit smoking where I always gain 15 pounds when I don't smoke a cigarette because I'll eat something instead. Yeah. So it's all a matter of rewards, but if you can change what your addiction is, like if you or you can focus on something else. Yeah. That is more positive, then that will help a lot more. It's hitting that dopamine button. Yes. Like that's what it is. The release. Like, it's the release. Yeah. yeah. It's the reward. You know, it's the release and the reward. You know, when I when I go and I buy comic books, like I feel good after I do it, you know, and then I read them and I feel even better, you know. It's like a very like real reward. So I think, you know, and that's, you know, and people have shopping addictions too, uh, where when you buy something, you feel good. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah, you do. Yeah, and you feel good. And I'm definitely, you know, I, I you know, I've said like, okay, uh, comic books like twenty bucks a week, uh, twenty to thirty bucks a week, which is much better than the eighty bucks a week I was spending on cigarettes. Right. Easily eighty bucks a week. Oh yeah. Uh, and so there's, I've got the replacement. I've got a reward, and maybe you should figure out some sort of rewards, a different kind of reward uh, that's not, you know, cigarettes or booze or food you know like some sort of de- i don't know what that is that's gonna have to be set that's gonna have think to be long something. and hard about it <laughs> i gotta yeah. find something else i enjoy yeah well you enjoy <laughs> you love reading i do like, i love you're re- you're a huge reader you but know? i also but that i don't even view as like which is i guess sad financially for me mm. i don't even view it as a reward because it's like i just buy books all the time yeah like i'm just like that one uh-huh mm-hmm. but i guess if you plan it out rather than like just buying them willy nilly mm-hmm. then then it becomes a reward rather than I just like to treat myself all the time yeah which the- I love to do man <laughs> I treat myself very well oh yes yeah I, I used to treat myself very well over the last couple years I've, I got really good at like not treating myself but you know what that was because i was spending all my money on smokes right you know like cause so i couldn't afford to treat myself anymore uh so like for you know like a year like i you know would buy a couple records once a month once every two months and even then they'd be like two dollar like bargain bin records uh i'd buy comic books like once every three months three or four months something like that like i'd go and pick up a couple of trades uh because i couldn't afford it like i was like okay well i'm treating myself with cigarettes that's my treat but now getting out of that treat like that's that's not a treat anymore like i can't i've told myself like i cannot have a treat that will hurt me that will harm me and i also like but what i did first is uh i stopped using uh booze as my treat like and I've been working on that because I have to because I work here at the creek. You know the our studio is at the creek in the cave, which there's a bar right there that I drink at for free. Oh yeah, that's scary. All the time. That's why I can't be a bartender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, when I was a bartender, oh I can't do it. Woo, I was so drunk all the time. Maybe that's why my counts were never right at the end of the night, and maybe that's why I got fired. Yeah, within a month, but. Uh, I had to stop using like, okay, I'm having a real hard day or I've had a real hard day. I'm going to have a beer. You know, it's like, okay, I just had, you know, I, I'm really stressed right now. 
I'll have a beer or something like that. And then just another beer and another and another. So I'd end up just getting wasted four or five nights a week here. So I had to stop doing that. Like I had to stop be like, okay, I'm not going to drink. Uh, the only time I drink at the Creek is on last podcast live shows once a month, uh, maybe twice. If we've got like a round table live show or something like that, I don't drink here otherwise because I can't, I had to replace that reward system with something else. Uh, and what I replaced it with was cigarettes. Yeah. Like, go out and have a smoke. You know, smoke, smoke, smoke. Have another smoke. Smoke, smoke, smoke. Every hour on the hour. If not, I mean, for a while there, I was like, every 45 minutes, I would get up and have a cigarette. Right before a show started, I would have a smoke. Right after a show ended, I would have a smoke. Uh, it just became like, that was my reward for everything. Uh, so... I'm having to get rid of that. You know, I've got the vaporizer to take care of my hardcore nicotine addiction. You're actually lucky with this because you don't have, like, the nicotine addiction that I have. No, it's the oral fixation. Yeah, because you can go four or five days without a cigarette and it's nothing, right? Yeah. God, I envy that. I mean, but I still, I I do smoke a good uh, amount still, unfortunately, but exactly what you said, like, I don't allow myself to smoke when I'm at work, I don't allow myself to smoke when I'm at home by myself, and, like, those are things that, like, it's not that I don't allow myself, it's that I've talked myself out of doing it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I come here, it's the middle of the afternoon, this, this is the first cigarette I've had for the day, and it's just because I'm out doing something yeah and so but that's how i've but, but it's also it's a different reward system it's everyone has their own series of rewards I, I actually i think part of this with the food perspective has changed a lot i've been talking with this customer who is a bartender who has uh she's taking um a few months off of drinking she looks great she's like i'm in a great mood all the time she's like i was like you're glowing <laughs> and it's because she had to buy a plane ticket to her friend's wedding in cancun that's in like a month from now so Fuck she's her like friend right so but she's also like i didn't have the money for it so she's like so my treat like my way of being able to go there's i stopped drinking so i could save the money so that i could go on this vacation mm-hmm. she's like See, that's a reward I fucking want. Yeah. That's a great reward. And you could work up to that. Exactly. And, you know? and it's like, and every time you want to spend the money, it's like, I can't because I don't have any money. So, because uh, I'm going to Cancun. Yeah. And that's going to be great. Because drinking in New York is fucking It's ex- It is so expensive. There's a, a joke that uh, this comedian, Julian McCullough, made that I he, I heard it years and years ago, back when I first got into it, but it really stuck in my mind, is that he was talking about how he had no curtain in his apartment and how his neighbors could see him naked all the time uh, and he said I would rather get drunk once than have curtains yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you know, yeah. getting drunk once out if you get drunk out in the city that's 40 bucks boom oh yeah like 30 at the least at the least just fucking boom gone one night uh, and so getting drunk in the city, like if you're getting drunk three, four nights a week, like that's fucking, and plus cabs as well. If you're getting wasted, you're taking a cab home. You know, that's another 20 bucks right there, 15, 20 bucks. Uh, so once you cut all that stuff out, like, God damn, like, man, the amount of money that's been in my fucking account, like I was surprised. It's like, did I forget to pay a bill? Like, am I fucking up somehow? What am I doing here? But no, it was just I wasn't spending $12 a day on cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah. It's fucking insane. So you got to, I mean, I know you're doing the, like, you've got to figure out some sort of reward system. And you've got to figure out how to just really switch up 
you're thinking on how food goes because this is a, a lifelong thing for you. Like, it's this forever. Is, it's well, it's been a lifelong thing. It has been, and it's going to be. This yeah. will forever be an issue. I mean, this is way harder than speed. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's like I still crave <laughs> speed. I mean, at least three times a week. Yeah. But this is something. It's something you have to do. That's, so, like, that's the scariest part. That's the big thing about food addiction is that it's like I don't have to do cocaine to survive, but right. I have to eat. Right. You know, like I absolutely have to eat to survive, uh, and so do you. And that's the hardest thing is that it is something that is necessary to human survival. But I think that it's just viewing it as an addiction, and I think that really does help kickstart you into trying to change how you think about things. Well, how do you want to think about it? I want to be able to forget to eat. You yeah. know, it's like I that's what I would love to like go all day and be like, oh, I just forgot to eat. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I can't even imagine having a day that I forget <laughs> to eat. You know, it's like yeah. I would love that. I would love to like wake up in the morning and not think about what I'm going to eat that day. That's yeah. that's my goal is to just start thinking about other things. Yeah. But my problem is that like I obsess over pretty much everything in my life. So I'm just going to get stressed out about other things instead. Yeah, that is true. But that's why I think I'm going to get a food journal, like a separate food journal, which part of uh, dealing with food addiction is writing down and becoming aware of how much you ingest every day and writing out every single thing that you put into your body. Yeah. Because part of food, it's like that I'll just sit and I'll eat a bunch of stuff and I don't even remember or like think about the fact that I did it. You don't even think about it. It's just an automatic thing that you do. Yep. I just do it. So it's clearing out the house of all extraneous things, and it's sad. It's like it's like cutting out your friends that do blow, and you don't want to do blow anymore. Yeah, it's it's very it's very it's weird how intense it is. Yeah, it's really intense. One thing that you might try, uh, at least something that I do, like I don't keep snacks in the house at all. Uh, it's if I want a snack, I have to either get it on my way home. Like I don't buy snacks at the store. Yeah. Like, if I want to get it, like I have to either get it on the way home or I have to put back on all of my clothes and go back, go out. back out to the bodega to get a snack if I want it. Like that's that's somewhere to start. That's a good place to start right there. Well, also, I think another thing is I've started um, taking my money out of my account so that I can't order delivery. Ah. That is a huge issue for me as well because then I'll just be like, oh, I'll just order a bunch of stuff and it'll just come to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't do that anymore. So I just, I just take the money out. Yeah. I just keep it in my fucking room. <laughs> I keep, I take all the money out of my do account. Do you have your money in your mattress? Maybe. <laughs> no, because that's too easy. I have it in another place somewhere no one will ever look. Mm. But I have it in cash in my fucking bedroom so that I can't order seamless. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. No. It's sad. It's that's not sad. sad. That is not sad. That's a tactic. Yeah, it like is. that's something that you have to do. Like there are, there are those little things that you have to do. It's like that. I mean, the sad thing about me is that I, I fucking. I'll tell you, sad thing with the smokes is that I uh, every place that I've ever lived in since I was an adult, I've smoked in. Uh, from the time I started, you know, from the time I moved into my first dorm room, because when I went to college, you could still smoke in dorm rooms. Damn. I know, man. That's fucking weird. Yeah. But yeah, you could still smoke in dorm rooms my freshman year in college. They changed the year after. But I've always smoked inside my house. Always. Uh, and so I had to make, like, I had to make myself uh, at least, like, open a window or, like, open my door um, to, so I could have a smoke. I was like too lazy to get up and open my door 
outside. I've got a door <laughs> leaving. I was too lazy. And also, I was like, I don't want to. I'm going to have to fucking pause Wolfenstein and fucking just stare. Is that what I'm going to do? Is I'm just going to fucking stare? Oh, oh yeah, uh, man. Lazy man's tactic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not even like I could just as easily, like, it's just getting up and walking out onto my back porch. That's it. But I still don't do that because I have long clothes. Yeah, especially in the winter. It yeah, makes it easy. It's fucking freezing outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can definitely talk yourself into saying that you don't. That that you don't really need to. You do don't need that. it. Yeah, you don't really need to do that. Um, but that's so. Yeah, we've all got our things. We we've all got those things that we do that you kind of feel like kind of you, you feel a little sad about it, but. No, it's just a tactic. It's just something that you got to do. Got to psych myself out somehow. Yeah, you got to psych yourself out somehow. And, you know, and after a while, yeah, like the whole thing I was talking about, like drinking and all that, I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. At, the, at first, it was difficult. Like It was something that I had I had to, like, stop myself from going to the bar. Uh, I had to, you know, just kind of get through it. But now I don't even think about getting a beer here anymore, like during the day or even when I get off work at night. Like... I don't even think about it at all. Um, and I've also, you know, also I've stopped drinking so much just because the hangovers got too bad. Yeah. You know, and I have to be sharp, you know, to do shit. Uh, so seeing those rewards, it is still like you still do want to say like, ah, fuck it. Like you still there after you see the rewards, you still want to say fuck it sometimes. But when the rewards come, it is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice, but I mean, I will say you're definitely gonna want to say fuck it. Yeah, yeah. You'll be all right <laughs> as long as you keep thinking about it. Exactly, like, as long as you're conscious and aware, it, it is something you know you deal with every day, and that's yeah. you just make it through. I just you can't worry about tomorrow. You just make it through the day. Yeah, and you know, and I thought about every. I thought about you know quitting smoking every day for at least once an hour if not once every 30 minutes for months before I really made a change yeah. before I made a very conscious effort to change or before I made a real effort to change it I thought about it for a couple months and I'm still thinking about it every day and I'm still working through it uh, and I'm sl- definitely still slipping you know still like I've had three today three cigarettes today I I broke earlier I had like a really stressful moment and I broke uh, and I went and had one uh, but you know, I'm not beating myself up over it. No, because it's better than what you used to. And all that matters is that it is a positive. It's positive. It no matter what. It's gain. It, exactly. And, and no matter what, you are thinking more positive about your lifestyle. And that is what is changing. And I mean, it's a perspective of anything, you know, that it's not like you can't beat yourself up about it. No. You know, it's like you eat too much food. I can't beat myself up about it because what am I going to do? Throw it up, which is what I've done in the past. No. And it's like I can't do that stuff anymore. No. You know, it. it it's not that's not the answer the answer is no i just choose it choose again mm-hmm. and it's okay you can screw up but that's with these kind of addictions you know it, it isn't it's it isn't heroin addiction. though it, but it's like heroin that's a rough it's like that's one that's like that's you jump right back in and, yeah. and it's a hard thing to break again at least with this it's not a needle in your arm it, it is that's what you have to remember yeah that although how dangerous these addictions are it's i don't know 
I don't know what I'm saying. No. I'm uh, hungry. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. I know you're... No, I'm hungry. I I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry, darling. At least I don't have to deal with this every day. I'm hungry, Marcus. Marcus, I'm hungry. It's like I'm a goddamn child living in the projects. It's like, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm doing fine. You're doing fine. And you're going to do fine. Just as long as you keep thinking about it. And, you know, you've been right. You said you've been writing about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, And just start thinking about what your reward can be. You know, what? start thinking about what your button can be, mm. what your healthy reward can be. I need a good fucking reward. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say I need a good I fuck. I need a good fuck. <laughs> no, that's been great. That's not the issue at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. I know that's not the I've issue I've been getting a call on the old telebone, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is what I've been referring to as my sex life for the past week, <laughs> ever since I asked to get a call on the telebone. Getting a call on the telebone. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Don't make the joke during sex, though. No one appreciates it. <laughs> I like a good giggle during sex, but yeah, I have to. God, I have to refrain from making jokes during sex. Sometimes, sometimes it's fine. So much, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's fine, but you know what? You can always giggle at a funny noise. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> You can always giggle at a funny noise, and you should giggle at a funny yeah, noise. Yeah, because that's what makes it fun. Yeah. But don't make a bunch of sister wives jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to our letters for today. You got it. Uh, <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> uh, what, what, are call- <laughs> what are we calling this guy? Ooh, Slimer. Slimer. <laughs> good, yeah, good standby. Hey, Marcus. Hey, Jackie. So I'm new to the whole sex and other human activity scene, but I want some advice on the situation that I'm having with my ex-girlfriend. I want to apologize ahead of time if I begin to ramble on and on. You don't. So about a month ago, I found out my then-girlfriend was cheating on me with another guy. I confronted her about it, but she denied it. After her denying it, I confronted the guy she cheated on me with, and he told me everything they had done. Whoa. I wasn't surprised. We'd been arguing for the past six months and hadn't had sex in about three months prior to this happening. This was because she was having sex with him around this time. So I broke up with her, and she moved out. About one week ago, she started calling me and texting me, telling me she missed me and she loves me. The thing that bothers me is that one, she hardly calls me and when she does, it's late at night. And two, she had me blocked on Facebook and other social networking sites. Another thing is when I talk to other women, she threatens that she will kill herself if I'm not with her. I just don't want to be with her, but I'm just worried that if she knows this, she'll end up killing herself and it'll be my fault. I'm just confused on what I should do. Any advice is welcome and thanks for the podcast. Lots of love to both you guys. Thanks. Yeah, you just didn't see Jackie rolling her eyes right now. I'm sorry. This is not about you, Slimer, at all. No. It's just, with the t- saying she's going to kill her, it's like, okay, there are definitely some situations when you should worry, but an ex, when like they say things like that, when this is indefinitely like a situation that needs to be dealt with very calmly and, you know, and that there's obviously something wrong. This is not one of those situations. No, this is, if you go to another girl, I'm going to kill myself! myself! 
This is, it is just such a, like, it, and this is, like, again, I'm not trying to say this against you at all, Slimer, but it's like, oh, this bitch needs attention. Yeah. That is what this is. And it's just, like, you see it time and time and again, and I hate it. Yeah. I hate this shit when it's, like, especially when they when they talk to other people, and they're like, if he's not with me, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. You're not going to fucking kill yourself. And also, you're shitting on all the other people, and you make people not take people seriously when they do say things like that, when they are being serious about that stuff. Yeah, man. And it's like, that's just such a fucking spit in the face of people that deal with depression issues and people that are dealing with a lot more than this bitch is dealing with. No, she's not dealing with depression issues. She's dealing with regret. Yes, and also she's probably not getting a call on the telebone right now (laughs) because the other guy, probably after the, I'm sure, harrowing experience he had of having to come clean to you, which no matter what, that sucks. Yeah. And like, I'm very proud of that guy that he actually told you about everything. That's Mm -hmm. pretty awesome but also he probably didn't want to fuck her anymore yeah which probably means not why you're getting all of these calls if she's sending you nude pictures and trying to sext you and calling you late at night it god and and that's I the keep, whole thing i'm sorry i keep rolling my eyes yeah i, I keep ro- stop yeah. myself it, i mean that that's the whole what's one of the another one of the drawbacks about the internet is that it gives People like this, and I'm not going to say just women, but people like this, because dudes do this shit too. Oh, yeah. It gives people like this so many different avenues to get at you. Beg for attention. Yeah. Just beg for it. It's just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I need it. I need it. I need it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. All of your attention. All of your attention. I need attention because I'm not getting enough attention. In my real life, I'm going to beg you for attention in the fucking virtual life. Uh, And that's not what you should do to a person. That's a shitty thing to do for a person. That is using another person. And that's what she's doing to you right now. She's using using you. you. For sure. Using you because obviously you are a kind dude that like she knows that she can probably scratch at your brain enough that you obviously feel you're empathetic for her mm-hmm. because you probably did you guys were living together you probably did care for her a lot and so she's using you for that yeah because she knows that that's like it's like going to sit on an old couch you know it's like it feels great and it feels comfortable and it gives you all these memories but she wants a fucking new couch yeah man she wants a hard shitty couch <laughs> and you're a much better couch but she doesn't want you. She just wants to sit on you temporarily. Exactly. She just needs needs, and not even needs. She thinks she needs she it. Thinks she needs. Yeah. It. She thinks it because she's obviously so fucking insecure that she can't handle being on her own. And this also happens with with people with like super insecure people. We talked about it a little bit last week. It's like if you can't stand to be alone. Then, like, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that she cannot stand to be alone, and that is the mark of an insecure person. Like, and that is not a good thing. She needs to work on herself. She's trying to use you to make herself feel good because obviously it, it seems like she has to have some sort of identity with a relationship or at least some sort of identity with just at least fucking somebody else some sort of attention that if some man isn't giving her attention then she feels worthless that she's gonna kill herself and you don't need to deal with that she's not gonna kill herself she's gonna fucking get over it she's gonna go get some other dude and it's not gonna be your fucking problem anymore she blocked you on facebook block her on facebook She's fucking sexing you at night. Tell her, hey, fuck off and block her number. Cut her out of your life. Yeah, take the upper hand on the situation. Also, 
think of it in the way that like is since she does rely on relationships just to find a sense of self you're obviously you're doing the best thing you can for her by not giving into this yeah that like if she's able to take some time to get to know her just for a bit just to get through this period of time that she's not saying oh i'm gonna kill myself he's not with me yeah you know because no one should say that about anybody. No. Like, if they're of the right mind. Like, that's if they a, are, like, that's... That's it, a power play. It is. Yeah. And also, especially talking to her other girlfriends about this stuff, and then the word gets back to you, and then... Because uh, she knows it's going to get back to you, and that's why she says that shit. Mm-hmm. Just take the upper hand on the situation. Don't give in. Don't give her the fucking time of day. Yeah, man. And just tell her, you know, it's... Just tell her, I mean, if you don't want to say, like, explicitly, like, hey, I don't want to be with you, just tell her, it's like, hey, listen, I think you need to work on some shit on your own. Like, I, I think you've got some stuff that you need to work out that I can't help you with, so why don't you go get some help? Why don't you, or not even get some help, why don't you just work on yourself for a little while? Yeah. You know, and shit, maybe she'll get better, I don't know, but... Or maybe, know. yeah, maybe she'll grow up, maybe yeah. she'll grow past it. This also, it's like, this is not a woman that is, like in the gutter and you should like scorn her off forever I'm just saying for right now you don't need to write back to her sex if you don't want to no you don't need to like give her any attention if she sends you a nude picture if you don't want to you know if this is something that you do end up wanting down the road if she has changed a bit that's also fine that's yeah. all good but maybe she just needs some time alone yeah I think she needs some time alone I think she I think she also realized that she probably she fu- fucked that she up. fucked up she fucked up she realized that she fucked up real bad uh, and now it's I want him back and oh my god I can't live without him but also you fucked up Man, you made your bed, now you gotta fucking lie in it. Yeah, man. She fucked up for six months. And you know, and if you were arguing for six months, then, you know, sometimes you go through, like, I mean, in a marriage, things like that, like, that's not uncommon in long-term There's relationships. There's no reason to cheat on somebody that's for not six months. not uncommon, but it's definitely not a reason to cheat on, on another person. No. And not having sex in three months, like, that's, you know, if she was fucking some other dude while she wasn't fucking you, like, that's another terrible thing. Like, that's just fucking awful. Uh, so, just, I don't know, man. You know what to do. The right. ball's you, in your court, though, yeah. a thousand percent. Ball's in your court, man. And I think it's. I think your best course of action would just be just cut it out, man. Yeah. Cut it off. All right, next letter. Sure. All right. What are we going to call this gal? Ooh, Fly Girl J-Lo. Ooh. <laughs> all right, I like it. All right. It. Hey, guys, first of all... Uh, Hey guys, first off, I love all your shows and listen to everything you everything you guys create at The Creek. The reason I'm writing today is because I'm at a point where I feel stuck and don't know where to go. At a young age, I was in the quote-unquote system in New York City and, spl- and spent over two years shuttling between group homes, Bellevue, and Kings County Hospital inpatient. I was quote-unquote sexually trafficked as a 16-year-old and have experienced horrible abuse of every kind and spent a month in Rikers for solicitation at the age of 17. After working as an adult entertainer, I left New York City and had a child. Fast forward 10 years, and I've been diagnosed with bipolar, PTSD, depression, and borderline personality disorder. I do not currently take meds because I've been managing for 10 years without anything but pot. The reason for my email today is I have been in a long-term relationship with the father of my younger child. He stuck by me during some very depressed days and literally saved me from jumping off an overpass. I have a mother who was diagnosed with schizophrenia when she was about my age, early 30s, and I do have a crippling fear that I'll end up like her. 
I don't want to put my fiance through the stresses of dealing with a possibly schizophrenic partner, and I feel like I'm hiding a huge secret from him because he does not know that the reason why I left the East Coast is because I was pimped out as a teenage girl and had to run into the person who has who had molested me as a child, and I needed to leave that life behind and decided to completely start my life over. I feel like I'm more than a heavy burden for him to deal with and want to know if you think I should just spill it all or should I just break up with him to prevent a difficult future for him. Flag girl J Lo. Man, I want to say first off, congratulations for getting past all of that. And, uh, and the, although you know, I know you got a lot of shit going on. You seem to at least have your stuff together. Yes. For the, I mean, for like, especially like just from this email alone, like you are working through shit and you've gone through a lot of shit, and the, it, it's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. The fact that you that you are just continuing on, you're just being a good person, you're just getting it out there. And I just wanted to say that straight up. Um. I think that it is completely, personally, I think it's completely up to you whether or not you want to tell your fiancé about all of this stuff. I do think you should talk to someone about it. Yes. I think that whether or not you should, I think if you want to see a psychiatrist to see if maybe you should get put on medication, talk to a therapist, see if you want to get put on medication, just to find out more options of of how to make your day-to-day easier because it's not a, a death sentence. It, it just makes your life easier. Yeah. And if you can find the right thing. It, I would say not necessarily easier, manageable. Manageable. More manageable. manageable. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just, it kind of just, tweaks all the chemicals in your brain a little bit. I don't think that there that there's any reason for you to leave this man no. whatsoever. God, I no. don't think at all that if he loves you. He wants to be with you and he said that he's been with you in your dark days. Obviously, he doesn't know everything, but he knows enough about you and he cares about you and it seems like he supports you a thousand percent. And I think that once you come to a point where you want to tell him that you feel like you need to tell him that's when you tell him. I think the therapist is the way to go. For sure. I, I think before you go to a psychiatrist, I think you need to talk. I don't think we can tell you whether you should tell this person or not. I, I don't think this is, I don't think it's within, I don't think it's our, our right to tell you because we just, uh, we don't know you. You need to go to a therapist and figure out a, if you want to tell him, and then B, how you want to tell him. Right. And in, and not necessarily how you tell him, but how you want to tell him, uh, how you want to convey this information to him, if need be. The schizophrenia thing, you know, I think you're going to need to keep an eye on that because just like somebody uh, with heart disease, you know, just like somebody whose mother had heart disease, you've got to keep an eye on your cholesterol. Your mother had schizophrenia. You need to keep an eye on your mental health. So you've got to start going to a therapist. You've got to start talking to somebody. And you say that, you know, you've been managing for 10 years without anything uh, but pot. But you also said that you're, uh, you know, you've been in this wrong relationship with a guy that saved you from jumping off of an overpass. I don't know if I'd call that managing. And I mean, you didn't do it, but if you you didn't. But if you were by yourself, you might have. And not to say that you would have if you were by yourself, but you might have. And I don't know. I don't know if that's managing. Uh, That might be just getting by, just barely getting by. But you may not have gotten by had it not been for the guy that you're in your long term relationship with. You need to talk to somebody. It's that is, I think, first and foremost, what you need to do. Uh, and, but what you don't need to do is 
break up with this guy. You don't need to get rid of this guy. And also, he is the father of your child. Like that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, he is the, he's the father of your child. You love him. He loves you. Even if you did break up with him, he's still going to be in your you know life. In your life. He's still going to be there for the rest of your life, or at the very least until your kid turns eighteen. He's going to be there. So, but if you don't get help, then. It's not necessarily that your your boyfriend's going to have to deal with it. Your kid's going to have to deal with it as well. Like that's something. So you nipping it in the bud and preventive care is so much better than waiting until it becomes a problem. It becomes a big problem until you start going down a bad fucking path. Until you start going down a bad hole. It's so much better to get preventative care. Uh, and you know I. I hope it sounds like that you know that you have enough of a job. It sounds like you have enough of a, I guess, um, a foundation where you can go and talk to someone, where you can go and see someone. Uh, but you got to figure it out. You got to figure out a way. Whether you go see like a counselor, whether you go uh, to a university and talk to some people there. If you there are options, uh, if you don't have any money, uh, there are definitely options for you out there. But I think I really do think that you really need to talk to somebody not just about your past but also about your future well specifically when it comes to schizophrenia where you have to be aware of what what happens in the beginnings of schizophrenia as well that like that it hits every person differently that if that is something that could be in your future of you being aware of what's going on inside your head and saying it out loud and saying it to someone that is unbiased and saying it to someone that is schooled in these kinds of things Mm -hmm. they will be able to pick up on slight slight differences of as you go on into the future that you probably wouldn't even see yeah and and that is really important like you said marcus and and it's like it's hard because because i feel like maybe right now you feel like you need to do it for your fiance you feel like you need to do it for your child which i mean you should but you need to do it for you yeah i mean you were the number one here you you have to take care of yourself so that you can you know go on and so that you can actually have every day managed you know and and it just it'll make your life better yeah. in the long run it really will it will even if you're just talking to somebody it helps so much it helps so much and and i think that you can do it i think that you have the will and obviously the drive that you've taken care of yourself this long it's time to keep taking care of yourself and I think it is okay to talk to your fiance about uh, your fears with schizophrenia. Like if he's asking you, it's like, well, why do you want to go to a therapist now? I think it's perfectly all right to tell him, like, yeah, listen, I mean, my mom, you know, had schizophrenia and like it showed up in her early 30s. I'm in my early 30s. You know, I've dealt with stuff in the past. Like he's obviously got experience with uh, some of the struggles that you've been through. Just tell them, like, you know, I've been through stuff in the past. You know, my mother went through this stuff at around the same time. I just want to make sure I'm okay. Not for just for myself, but for us. You know, or not just for us, but also for myself. Like, I want to make sure that life is going to go all right. Yeah. And it's perfectly acceptable. And it's also, it's it's heroic. Yeah. You know, it, it is, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't reach out for help. And some people manage. But is that any way to live when you know that, that it could be better than this. Yeah. You know, even we we're all we're all dealt some sort of shitty hand in this life and it's just 
Ugh, that sounds so dumb. It's all in how you play it. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to say. Now I hate myself for it. It's all in how you play the shitty hand you're dealt. Nah, what it's fine. What am I, a fucking Hallmark card? <laughs> but, I mean, the sentiment is the what I want, The sentiment is though. great, and the sentiment's true. You know, I, I think pretty much, I think the reason why, if you're listening to this show right now, uh, it's because you have been dealt some sort of shitty hand because you do have some sort of problem that you're struggling with whether it's internal or external you know we're all we're all going through something every yep. single one of us that are listening we we're either going through something or we've been through something in the past uh and what you've got right now uh flat girl jlo is that you've got the opportunity to cut something off before it becomes a problem in the future and not everyone has that uh, not everyone has that chance. And not, not everyone has the foresight for it either. Yeah. The fact that you're so aware of it and that you want to do something about it, you have such a step above most people. And I, I support you a thousand percent. Thousand percent, man. Man, you've been through so fucking much, and you just got to keep on keeping on. You, it seems like you're doing a great job. Yeah. You've come out the other end. Like it, it's You can put all that stuff behind you, but... You know, you, you need to deal with it, and you need to figure out whether you want to tell them about this stuff or not. Uh, and you need to figure out how to tell them about it if you want to. Uh, and you need to figure out how to keep your brain from setting itself on fire. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all deal with that. Yeah, we all deal with that. Um, but thank you so much for writing in. Absolutely. I guess that'll do it for this week. Doubled up on episodes. We Hell all yeah. we're caught up. We've still got uh, we've got some uh, questions we're going to answer next week. We got a very long letter that's you know very. We definitely want to get to. We've just got to condense it down a little bit, but we're definitely going to get to that. Uh, and we're also going to get to somebody who's uh, twenty one and married and has some questions about sex life. We're going to get to those next week. Uh, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail if you got a question or if you want to comment on anything that we've talked about today or in past episodes. And we'll see you next week. Hell yeah, see you next week.